And there we are. We are live. Everyone, welcome. Good evening. Welcome to Big D After Dark. Welcome to our FC Dallas live stream show where we talk about FC Dallas, break down results, cover the latest news, transfer rumors, and just anything else that you all want to put out there, um, you FC Dallas fans. Hope you're joining us on Facebook, on Twitch, or on YouTube. And uh, we have a lot to talk about because we actually, for once, had a really positive weekend. And so, as usual, uh, I'm the host here, Nathan, at Nathan J. Hill on Twitter. You can also see there in the middle our good buddy, Jose, at El Chico Carmona. Hello. And then there in the end, Ben Lyon at Bird Turgler on Twitter. Good evening. All right, good. As we get going, please uh, share a chat, a comment, question, thought, reflection, you know, anything you have, a reaction, a hot take from this past week of action. Of course, we had Colorado, the Colorado match, which was a disappointment, but then FC Dallas was able to come home and uh, take care of business at home with a good 4 nothing win over the Los Angeles Galaxy. Uh, so it was a nice change of pace for FC Dallas and a big performance for a young guy like Ricardo Pepe. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, but let's just start with the bigger picture here. Um, FC Dallas defeats LA again, for nothing. It wasn't a full strength LA squad, but neither was this was a full strength FC Dallas squad. Uh, huge result at home is the playoff push a possibility uh, we just checked a 580 um, sports tracking percentile, whatever thing about playoff possibilities. Five, 538, 538. 538. Thank you, 538. And they have they have about 19% chance of making the playoffs. So a few more results in their favor that that will tick up. You know, they're not out of it completely, but it's 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 going to be a tough slog. So let's just talk about first about this victory. Jose, and then Ben, uh, just give me your reaction from this big home win. Well, uh, you know, it's looks like the team's finally coming together. That's, you know, they even at home, they haven't looked very, you know, in sync, you know. And there were some changes. Some, some Everyone knew that this was an attacking uh, team they put out there, you know, with, with uh, Pax on the right wing and Shun. On the left wing, Pepe up top, which made everybody happy, of course. Uh, and then, of course, Ricardo playing alongside Quinone. And, and yeah, I mean, and they they didn't look so hot to begin with, but it looks like they grew into it, and they just simply got better and better and better. And, and that's really, you know, with a, with such a young lineup, that's what you want to see. You want to see a team that grows into it. So I think there was a lot of positives across the board. Uh, even even the guys in sub didn't look good. So mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and, and let's face it, we've always we've always criticized Lucci for for his subs, and you know this time he got it right. You know, you 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 got the lead, take out your scorers, bring in your defensive minded players. So I mean, I think everything went great, and I think the first I want to I want to say is the first. Home win where we all were very happy across the board. And, and, and hopefully we'll see more of this at home anyway going forward. That's great. Ben, what did you think about the, the victory? 
Oh, whenever I saw the lineup, um, well, first off, I was um, glad to know that I would be able to enjoy the game um, on Saturday night instead of like seeing the lineup and then just doing something else. So that was that was a good start. Um, you know, the first twenty minutes or so was kind of kind of shaky, a little nerve wracking, but uh, uh, you know, the midfield kind of. Uh, got their act together, and then, you know, Ricarte plays in player of the week, Ricardo Pepe, with a sweet ball to get, get things rolling. And they just never never really let up after, was, uh, which is great. I mean, I mean, like, if you want to read tea leaves there, maybe they were lacking in a little bit of confidence before getting that first goal. Um, you know, if you want to say that, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be prone to argue with you because they looked really, mm-hmm. really, really mm-hmm. good after the first goal. They looked like they were going to score more goals. And, you know, having an effective nine in the game is always going to be helpful with that. Uh, the other thing I want to note, yeah. um, re- our uh, Brian Acosta article, is that they scored off their second set piece of the season, courtesy of service from Jesus Ferreira. Um, so, Interesting. Uh, Brian Acosta's coming back this week, and I really hope he can start taking all the corners and free kicks again. <laughs> I got a feeling. I got a feeling they'll have they'll they'll keep him on one side just to piss you off, Ben. <laughs> oh, maybe right, he'll take like all the right corners. Well, maybe Jesus's success will push Brian. I mean, I think that's. Kind of the the hope, at least, you know. Yeah, I mean, for for Ben, I, I so this um, I live on the East Coast, uh, but I'm here visiting family in the Central Time Zone. So we came down for a night to see friends and and just have some fun in Dallas. And uh, to go to the game, I, I was feeling very much nervous. I was hoping, like, let's hope we don't embarrass ourselves. It has been ugly lately. And, and then I saw the lineup too. And I agree with Ben that like it lifted my spirits to see Pepe starting up top, uh, Frank O'Hara sitting on the bench, to see Shum get get rolled out, to see Paxton again getting a nice run. Uh, but I and I like Ricarte in the middle. I just think, uh, yeah, having two defensive-minded guys may make sense on the road at least to a degree, um, but at home you've got to unlock the defenses. You can expect your opponents to try to counter in a bunker and to protect a draw. So it was good. It was it was an exciting thing. You had a nightmare the night before that they were going to roll out total garbage and get blown out of the water and Lucci was going to get shit-canned. I had a dream that I was like <laughs> working on an article about who's going to replace Lucci, candidates to replace Lucci. And uh, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. And um, uh, but, and I, but I agree with you, Ben. The first 15, 20 minutes looked kind of like the team that we had seen over this past few weeks that just struggled to keep the ball and advance the ball forward, get into attacking position. They just – it just wasn't clicking. They were missed opportunities. But then uh, you get that first goal, and that first goal sort of – it came off a little bit of a deflection by the defender. I mean, it was, a, it was almost a little bit of a lucky bounce to us for once. How many of those have gone to our opponents? And Pepe just coolly and calmly put it away. Um, a, a heck of a game. So much fun to be there to watch that and to watch Ricardo Pepe do his thing. Well, um, the one the one thing I really liked on that play from Ricarte is, you know, 
he uh, played himself out of pressure to create himself enough space to make that pass. And, uh, you know, Williams got his back heel on the ball. I don't know whether that would have mattered or not if he didn't make contact because Pepe's run had beat, beat the offside trap and he looked like he was in a general vicinity where at least he would have had a chance to. Yeah. You know, um, on, on that, I want to add one thing that, that I think stood out from this match that I don't think we've really seen for maybe not at any point in the season, maybe once or twice, but ask yourself this, you know, our best playmakers, playmakers are Ricarte, Paxton, Jesus, you know, whichever or you want to place them. When's the last time we had two of them, just two of them starting Absolutely. together in a match? I mean, we, Remember we, we, hardly we, ever start, we hardly rarely start any uh, two of them, and it puts so much pressure on one that it's so easy for defenses to target. Hey, they got Ricarte. Let's follow Ricarte left and right. There's nobody else then. If Jesus is out there, okay, let's follow Jesus. And it's been so easy for defense to simply single target where our playmakers. But in this case, you had Ricarte, you had Paxton. I, I, at first, I wasn't happy that Paxton was on the right, but hey, it worked. And then you had Jesus. And Shun added to that by, I mean, he showed that playmaking ability that we haven't seen from him. And it was like, whoa, we have four guys out there that can create at least, you know, that, that we're being aggressive and trying to create. And who do you key on? And I think that's what made that Ricarte, that beautiful play, because in previous matches, there's two, three guys on him. Or he's getting, you know. That's mad. right. Uh, and you, they couldn't key on one guy. And and this is very exciting. I mean, I'm all for getting at least, keeping at least three of those guys together at all times will we'll go a long way towards making uh the attack a lot harder to solve. I mean, Jose, Ben, don't don't remember earlier in the season we were talking and salivating about this idea of like of getting Ricarte and and Paxton on the field at the same time and making teams have to work hard to, to spread around and, and and lock down these guys. So yeah, I think it was an exciting lineup. Also, let's give some credit for once to this defense who have made t- stupid mistakes, uh, frustrating mistakes, have experienced the unlucky bounces, all that kind of stuff that we can say, certainly dealing with injuries. But this was a complete game from them, from from goalkeeper to the defensive mid to, to you know, to the outside backs, to the center backs. Uh, you've seen a guy like Tafari grow each and every game. That was good. It was exciting to see. They deserved it, I think. Uh, you know, I, I want to say that I kept reading the Twitter feed and people were just waiting for Brazan to allow a goal. They were like, oh my God, this is where Brazan allows a goal. <laughs> Everybody's waiting for it. And it didn't happen. Brazan was just, he was, he, mind you, he, of the of the back four, he probably had the worst game of the four, but he was more like a calming presence back there. He was like basically the guy, you know, marshalling the troops. He, he was basically playing the part of the captain and, and Tafari was the guy that was basically stopping everything. Uh, well, in reality, it was Justin Che, believe it or not, who had a monster game. I mean, I don't think people realize he made Team of the Week. He had the most touches on the mm-hmm. team. He wow. had the most interceptions. He had the most tackles. I mean, this kid is just growing 
and growing and growing in confidence and comfort. And, and you're seeing that talent come forward. And, and it's exciting, you know, because you've got Tafari and Jade lined up together on the same side. Uh, it's exciting to see these two kids basically growing together uh, going forward. So, yeah. Well, let's let's shift over to some Pepe, uh, Ricardo Pepe celebration. Um, what a what a performance um, from Pepe! First, his first hat trick in Major League Soccer. Keep in mind, he had a hat trick in USL League One with North Texas. So, uh, historic night as he is now the youngest MLS player by a matter of, of days. Uh, to score a hat trick previously held by Kukure Mane, uh, and and now there's talk about Syria in, in watching him, which which you'd have to be an idiot not to watch if you're a European club looking for an upcoming goal scorer not to have your eyes on this guy. And let me just tell you, from being there in the stands to watch this game, um, it was amazing. It was just an amazing performance. And and I'll say this like. It was not like he scored these world class, you know, from you know, from outside the box or whatever, you know, whatever you want to say, these Olympico kinds of goals. They were all just classy, good instincts, don't were to be staying calm, slotting the ball home. Um, it's just some amazing stuff. Uh, so let's talk about Pepe guys. Ben, talk about Pepe. Talk about this performance from this kid. Man, you know, I, I first time I watched him was in um, uh, the big youth tournament that MLS and Liga MX do uh, together, and uh, in that tournament, you know, one of the younger players, uh, FC Dallas, ends up runner-up in the tournament, and he wins the Golden Boot, scoring with his head either foot off a free kick. And I'm like, okay, so this kid is going to be something. And then he comes in to the U17 season and scores 19 goals in eight games. And, you know, that was, that was that with um, uh, the U17 team. He was done with that. And then he, he just like has steadily progressed and gotten to the point where player level he's playing at um, and I believe that he has gotten to that point in MLS um, you know right now he's top five in goals uh, goals per 90 he's second in the league if you take out penalty kicks um, top American scorer um, and you know all this is you know in spite of the fact he hasn't started every game this year mm-hmm. which um you know, you know he's young. There's no need to rest him. Starting the rest of the year, I mean, don't take him off the field unless he gets hurt. Um, you know, the team needs him. The team plays better with him on the field. Uh, you know, and their starts, they average two goals a game and you know a point and a half. Um, and you know, when he doesn't, it's 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 horrible. Like a half a goal a game and less than half a point per game. So, you know. Doesn't need you don't need an advanced analytics team to figure it out. That's right. <laughs> um, 
I'm gonna touch up on this uh this Serie A interest. I mean, we all knew this interest was there before, you know, before the season started. I, I think it's old news. Um, it'd be foolish to think that there's a crap ton of European teams keeping an eye on him. Uh, honestly, people are like, oh, you know, Dallas might sell him because that's in their nature to sell him, you know, this window. But I think that's ridiculous. I, I mean, I don't think, I think honestly Dallas could honestly hold out for a lot. And and the longer he plays in MS, as long as he keeps scoring, his value is just going to drive up and up. The more teams that inquire, the better. I mean, uh, let's compare. Uh, you got DK over in, in Orlando. They want twenty million for him. He's twenty-one. You could you could get Pepe at his age and still have three years in your system to basically develop him. I, I'm not saying he's at the same level, but I'm just saying you get DK. Uh, Orlando wants twenty million for DK now. He's 21 years old. You got Pepe who's 18. So if, if you're a European team and you have issues with with the level you think MLS is, <laughs> you you buy yeah. him now. You have plenty of time to develop him the way you want him to develop. So honestly, forget 20 million. You know Dallas should do everything in their power to sign Pepe to a long-term contract. Be a, be a DP or, or just below uh, something similar to what they did with, with Reggie Cannon, where they lock him up for a couple of years with, and, and structure in a way where they're going to have to sell him so Pepe knows he's not going to be stuck here and let the offers come in and say, hey, we, we, have, uh, uh, we expect to have Pepe here for several years, so if you want him, you need to make it worth our while. You know, it, it's, it's, it's not ridiculous to say that, 20 million is not enough. If you think this kid is a once, you know, once a time generational player, then you should get paid that way for him. Yeah. So, I hear you. you know, mm. so forget this. Oh, he's going to Bayern. Forget it. This should be highest bidder, make it worth our while. And, and if you're drawing the line at 20 million, it should include a loan, loan for him to finish out the season here in MLS. Yeah. Right. You really need to put your foot down and stand your ground. And like I said, they should be negotiating with, with, with Pepe now, trying to get an extension, trying to get a, a some sort of deal with him so that other teams can see that Dallas is serious about keeping him. If they if other teams think you're gonna sell, then they're gonna lowball you. So right. I honestly I would I would be upset and I think we would all be upset if Pepe sold this window. Yeah, he should be, you know, attacking talent is always on a premium. And so uh, he should set a record when it's time for him to go. And so, you know, that raises if, if, if a team comes in and says, hey, here's 50 mil, you know, I mean, you almost have to say, okay, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's a little early yet. Well, you know, um, the team's interested, but there's always been teams interested. So we just got to wait and see. And of course, I, I'm also. I think it's important to watch his his uh, national team picture. He's eligible. He's been playing for the, the U.S. youth system, but he's eligible to play for Mexico. Um, he dedicated his hat trick to in honor of his grandfather, um, and so he definitely has a lot of ties and connections. It could go either way. 
I I think some some U.S. call-ups would probably help uh, make it easier for him to transition to Europe. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. And the, hopefully, hopefully Berhalter uh, has him on the sheet uh, the, the next call-up if he's healthy and, and able to go. Um, I'd like to see him play for the U.S., but I trust Pepe's going to make the decision he needs to make for himself well, in his I mean, future. In a situation like this, it comes down to which team is he most likely to play with or play, you know, get playing time. And, and I know, I know Mexican fans are excited that he may choose them, but let's face it. He's more likely to break into the U.S.'s uh, in minutes wise, because our options at attacking aren't exciting anybody. I mean, let's face it, Mexico has an abundance of attacking options, veteran players that that get regular minutes that um, they are more likely to play regularly, where the United States is, we're honestly still trying to find our number one guy. I mean, so you yeah. jump into that fray at a young age and say, hey, age doesn't matter. Just give me a shot to get in there and, and – I think it'll come down to which team can get uh, can guarantee him the most minutes. Okay. Well, I mean, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know go ahead, much about, about the go Mexico ahead. situation. You've got Raul who came off that horrible head injury. Um, and then you've got another FC Dallas project. Um, uh, uh, Rogelio Funes Mori, um, who's Mori. doing well. Well, for, for Mexico. Um, but, you know, the U.S. has a, a lot of good strikers, too. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, one path is going to be an easier way for him to get minutes. Um, I will say this. I Come think, I now. think, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally serious. I mean, you know, you, you, you've got, you've got DK, you've got, uh, you got Wea who can play up top. And then, you know, he's just coming off of, um, winning the, you know, Ligue 1. Um, I mean, there's, there's, I don't I think, I, 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 think there, I think there's a lot of, a lot of competition with both teams. Um, and I think there's also a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fair. I'm just saying, I, I don't have the confidence in our, in our nines in the U.S. like, like you may have. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I think I think our nines are inconsistent across keep, keep, the board. It's, keep it's keep, really... keep keep in mind U seventeen World Cup. He's appeared for the US already, so he's gonna have to make a switch. Um and I, I, I don't I honestly I don't think he will. Unless it becomes clear he's not gonna be able to play. Mm-hmm. Well he's young enough that he has time to, to, to decide, so I'm sure, like I said, we'd all feel a little bit better if he gets caps. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I think we're watching and waiting to see all that. Well, let's let's shift to our, our next question of the night, and that is just really to talk about this team effort. Mm-hmm. We saw, as we've already mentioned, great performances from Justin Che, Sebastian Shun, Ricarte, Andres Ricarte, um, defense all around. You know, everyone, Quinon, just so many good performances in this game. Just first part of that, what unsung heroes deserve a shout for this performance uh, for once? Shabalshin, right? Shabalsh. Shabalsh. Good enough for me. Shabalsh. 
Oh, I, I read it three t- three ways, different ways. All right, Shabush. My unsung hero. My unsung hero. In a, in a, on a night where everybody, you know, a, a lot of players stood out, and a player that did not stand out, who's, who I think is an unsung hero, to me is Kinyon, who basically uh, had some incredible passing stats. I think he was like 96% passing back there. I mean, he, he helped he helped the midfield maintain control, maintain possession. And that's what you want from your six. And, and I thought, you know, like I said, unsung hero. You're not going to say, oh, he wasn't team of the week. He wasn't our best. He wasn't even our third best player. But he did the little unnoticed things the things that you want your 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 mm-hmm. guys like that to basically be good at is help maintain possession, help maintain control, and and that that's my unsung hero in in a, in a match where I'm saying you know there was like five or six players that really stood out, you know maybe seven players that stood out, so it's not hard to to pick a unsung hero, pick one guy that didn't stand out at all because he was basically sitting back doing the little things that nobody's you know going to be clapping about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 50, 51 and 52 passing he's he's come around hasn't he? i mean it, you know hard to replace a guy like tiago santos and in the way he did kind of come in into the season a little bit late well, yeah he's a different yeah he's not he's not your 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 guy that you're that's gonna shut down teams defensively like santos but he is a player that looks like he, he, he does take risks. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you know, you, you wonder about those risks, but, you know, he's fearless and, and his passing is sensational. Uh, clearly not an attacking player, but as far as, you know, a player that's going to recycle and, and, and do the little things, you know, more along the lines of, uh, uh, oh, my God, I can't think of his name now. He left us for Germany. Grezzo. Yeah, Grezzo, who, who basically, you know, wasn't a very sexy player in the back, but you just need to count on him, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, yeah. and Grezzo was good, was good defensively. I, I haven't seen that level of defense from Kinyon, so I'm not saying he's on the level, but I'm just saying it, it's still, you know, the passing is sensational, and, and, and that's what you want. You want, you know, I think we've seen that from Surreal at some point too. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to to see Surreal learn from Keon, you know, learn from him. both both over ninety percent passing for the game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and really, when we can talk about subs too, you know, here you have Surreal come in, having um, uh, uh, you know, Tomasi play a role, but. Obreon, credit to him too for getting a goal. I know quite a, a boost for him after a really strong start season and then just sort of falling off the map a little bit. I was talking to some people who, who, who basically pointed out that if the, if the keeper had dived, <laughs> Obreon would have basically shot it right into his chest. And I was looking at the play, and, and you can actually see Hara is trailing to his to the left of of. Obreon. So I think it's a little bit of a mind games there where basically Obreon, I don't know if he gave him a head fake or with the eyes and convinced the keeper that he was going to basically pass it to 
to uh, Ahara because when you look look at the keeper, he dove in the direction that Hara was coming. Right, from. right. Uh, it's clear to see. So, so I, I said, it. I don't know. It's hard to tell, but he he, but, he committed know, before the shot. It yeah, it is so. debatable it whether that influenced, you know, where he positioned the shot or not. Well, yeah, I, I, not saying it was. I'm just saying it could have been anything, but you clearly see Hara trailing him on the left with with nobody on him. So you could see where the keeper could see two guys coming at him, and it would be, you know, is he going to shoot it or is he going to lay it off to the guy on on the other side? And I think the keeper just gets wrong. Is my guess. Yeah. Um, but I'll take it. Hey, I think I think Obrian's another guy that needs you know confidence. Like this team just needs confidence, and and uh, uh, we got the road games coming up. Uh, oh, I want to say one thing on Shun. Um, God, he 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 basically went out there and he hustled and and he loved it. You know, he's still he's not perfect. You know, I think he's sixty five percent passing, which was the worst on the team, but he wasn't. It's not like he wasn't trying things, you know. He was. It, it, it's. He's gonna have that kind of passing, but he's trying to make things happen. I'm okay with that. And some of that is also, you know, he's still new to the team. But yeah, I like. I liked it. Uh, you know, compared to Vargas, who and, and players we've had before, with Mosquera, who take time off plays. You know, you didn't see that from Shun. You see a guy that was hustling, 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 and and. I think next to Ricard, he had the second most touches of the attacking players out there. So that's what you want to see. You, you, he never disappeared, which is my problem with, with our left wings that we had going back, you know, yeah. five years. Is that even when we had decent players, they tend to disappear for long stretches of the game. And you didn't see that from Shun, so that's very encouraging. Good point. Ben, did you have an unsung player? Um, basically, Brisson for not um, screwing up and having having a mental brain fart for the first time in three games. Yeah. Really, like four games. Going back to New England, it seemed like he had one pretty much every game. I guess I guess the Portland game, he did he did I just fine. I I kind of, well, yeah, but I think the guy that's been screwing up is actually Hollingshead. If I remember correctly, I mean. Hollingshead in the past couple of days has been screwing up to the point where I would not have been surprised if they sat on this game as a, hey, you need to basically call, you know, cool your roll and get your head straight. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Holling, Hollingshead has not been good the last few games either. <clears throat> but he he acquitted himself nicely on uh, on Saturday night as yeah. well. Yeah. Active and it, it it would be fun to go back and look like at the heat map of the game or to really pay attention moments because, uh, you know, from my vantage point too, especially in the first half, Che was getting really wide and up the field and, and Hollingshead was pinching inside. I mean, so I think they had worked on some of their movement and spacing and it was really, really nice to see because they were able to stretch. Now, some teams, they may not be able to do that as much. The but uh, I actually took a look at the heat map. And the heat map, there was a heavy for FC Dallas. There was heavy possession around around where Kion is. Like I said, with, with all his with all his possession, all his passing, uh, Dallas had a concentrated area there. The other area that they had was actually on the left side where Shun is. 
that's mm-hmm. where your where your biggest activities and, and that goes to show that him and Hans have paired well, which is something that I think Hans has been missing with with basically not having a reliable left wing option is he's been forced to basically get forward more and try to pick up the slack, you know, and so that's what excites me is, is seeing Shun and Hollings have pairing well, and there was a ton of activity from Dallas on that side of the pitch. And, uh, yeah, it, it's that's what if you look at the heat map, that's where you see all the action is for Dallas, is right where Kinyon and, and Carte kicked off the back and over where, where Shun and Hollings have with them going forward. That is mm-hmm. well. So, the second half of my question there is also just if you had to pick one of these players that you think is going to be key. I mean, we obviously know Pepe is going to be key to make the playoff push. Mar, of course, or the defense in some way. But maybe there's one of those players in the mix that uh, we haven't been talking about a lot who's going to be really important if this team is going to make the playoffs. And I, I argue that's Ricarte. I think, getting him on the field. We know the guy has class. He has quality. Don't know what this season has been like if he's just not been fully fit or he's dealing with some issues or just hasn't clicked. Um, but we saw what he can bring with another playmaker who's not so advanced, but a little more of a deep line kind of playmaker, but who's able to get forward. But I, I'm curious what you guys think. Who is that person maybe among those unsung heroes that you think is going to be super key to this team making a playoff push? Go ahead, Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I kind of think pretty much all of the midfield at this point is, is fun- fungible. You, you can incorporate Acosta for one of the two central mids, and that's fine. Um, you know, if you need to inject O'Brien and sit one of Acosta, or not Acosta, Pomacol, uh, or Shun, that's fine as well. But um, you've, you lose Jesus Ferreira again for any period of time. Things things get dicey, I think. Um, you know, if if Pepe goes out, um, you know, I want to move. I want to move Ferreira in, up up further and have him lead the line. Um, you know, point blank. But you know, if Ferreira's Ferreira's gone, I don't I don't know what you slot in there and get the same kind of return you get out of, uh, you know, another player on the roster. Um, you know, I, I mean, like, I want to say that Freddie Vargas can show us like he did in the preseason, but I mean, so far it looks like all he's shown us is that maybe he would be better for the Nathan's hot dog eating contest than, <laughs> you know, playing in MLS, unfortunately. Um, for me, it's uh, Tafari, believe it or not, because we don't know – when Matt's going to come back, when Martinez is going to come back, and even if they come back, there's no guarantee that they'll be able to stay healthy, either one of them. So I would say Tafari is the guy that, that I'm watching because um, I'm confident that that the attack will get going eventually, but that back line has to keep us in games. And, and I think had Tafari not had the kind of games he's had recently, You'd guarantee there would be Brazan alongside, you know, either Jose or 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 Hedges 
but now I'm not so sure. I think I think now you, you, if anyone comes back, you rotate those guys and keep the quality under and keep his confidence growing. So that that for me is is, is uh, as far as unsung. I think Tafari is the guy. He's he's left. You know, he's growing leaps and bounds. You know, right alongside Justin Shea too, by the way. But uh, uh, I think. I think we haven't really worried about our back line. When you're worrying about Brazan screwing up and not the fire screwing up, that's that tells you how much mm. you and, and interesting. And yeah. This is that issue that we've had for years since since uh, Lloyd, you know, got injured yeah. and had to retire, and that we haven't had a, a uh, center back with that kind of speed and athleticism. Uh, Dallas hasn't had that in a long time, so it's great to have a player like that. It, it solves some issues, you know, a lot of issues, you know. Um, so, uh, to me, I think he, he'll be key going forward. Well, let's uh, let's close out the show here shortly, but let's talk about Sporting Kansas City. They're sitting number two in the Western Conference, just a couple of points behind Seattle. So, obviously, they're going to be hungry to – get more points and try to take that top spot. Um, but Kansas city has been a fun place for FC Dallas to go and play. We've had some success there in the past. Um, so there's a pot, there's always potential. There's always potential and it's fun to beat Peter Vermes. It's just fun. Uh, so yeah, what are we feeling about this weekend? Are we going to see a similar lineup? Are we going to see a little, uh, we're going to see maybe Obreon get a start again. I, I don't know. You know, what, what do you guys think? And, uh, you think uh, FC Dallas has an opportunity to come away with points? Man, I do. And honestly, like, uh, unlike your nightmare from the other night, I'm already um, looking forward to the dream I have on Friday night where uh, Shun, the Hungarian, scores like three goals and just totally, totally makes Vermees pull his hair out. Because... Uh, the best Hungarian on the field isn't Daniel Shawi, his uh, pet project. But, you know, a, a guy FC Dallas picked up at right. kind of random. <laughs> that would, that would be delicious. I think he's got, I think he's got that kind of game in him, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe, maybe shit talking in Hungarian will help pump him up. Um, uh, I would love, for them to just get a point on the road. I mean, we've seen this team has started showing well in the first half of game of a, of a road game, and they just can't seem to carry that into the second half. I mean, we've seen it time and time again in in, in the last three road games. They 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 look solid. You know, they look solid for a half, and then for some reason they just can't maintain it. So I just want to see them basically. Um, I'd be satisfied with a draw just to see them basically carry that good play from the first half into the second half and finish out a game, uh, I'd settle for that. I mean, I, I'll take a draw. I'll take anything on the road other than a loss. And, and uh, I think I just want to see these kids continue to grow in confidence. Now, they've shown it at home. Now they start showing it on the road. Let's, let's see them take a step forward on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to. I think FC Dallas needs every point they can get, and and I I would be very happy with a draw. Um, I'd love a win, of course, but even to come away with a draw this weekend would be a step forward for this team. 
Yeah, I think I think that's what you want is is keep it a drawish game, and then maybe you can steal that those three points. And, and I think that's what we haven't seen from Dallas because, they, like I said, they play really good for they stay there in the first half, and then, and then early in the second half they they stumbled and taking themselves out of that possibility. Yeah. So it would be nice to see them carry it into late into the second half and give themselves that chance to, to walk out of there with three points. So. And, and I think there is a chance we could see Matt Hedges potentially, I guess, be, being available this coming weekend. He could be maybe on the bench or something. I don't know. Um, so they sound like he was a couple of weeks out. Rush him back. You know? Yeah. I, I feel better if Hedges was 100% before you bring him up there, you know, uh, it was yeah. for, it, from you know from what we've heard, it was it was a pretty bad injury. So and it was like a hip injury or something like that. I mean, it's a fracture, yeah, fractured hip, fractured hip. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Those those don't just go away. Mm-hmm. So I would say, uh, you know, I'm okay with them giving him as much time as he needs to get back right, you know, especially mm-hmm. the way Tafari and, and Rasan have developed a little bit some chemistry in, in their time playing together. Well, guys, it's it's been great. A great show tonight. We thank everyone for watching and joining in. Um, and I just give a personal shout out again to FC Dallas. Uh, we Family, we were able to be in town, go to the game together um, and contactless experience. Uh, it was it was a nice night. It got cooler, and it was just a great performance on the field. And 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 also kudos to our Big D soccer friend Ryan Scanlon for buying me a beer. So thanks, Ryan. You're the best. Um, and yeah, just great night. We got free like hand towels from. I bought a new FC Dallas hat. We got some free Advocare stuff. I don't know. They just give out stuff, you know. Great night. The pitch looked great, uh, and I got to even thank Coach Lucci personally on the post the game call and just to say thank him for that. It looked, um, it looked better than the uh, AT&T pitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got, yeah, sorry, we got United States men team action this week as well uh, against Qatar, mighty Qatar. going to be an interesting game too. And Kellen Acosta, give him credit, man. The guy, he's seizing his moment. He, you know, he sort of fell off the radar and he is, Climbing his way back up. That's good. Good for him. Good performances. Yeah. Let's let's leave it there. We could go on and on. Uh, thanks, Jose. As usual, you're awesome. Thanks, Ben. You're you're great. You're awesome. Um, enjoy, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Uh, same place, same time. Also, be sure to check out BigDSucker.com for all your latest news and commentary and whatnot about FC Dallas. All right. Thanks, good night, everybody. everybody for the kind words. Yeah. Good night. Thanks, Luke. Night. <laughs> oh, hey, Luke.